Okay, listener, we have a legend on the show today. Our guest has traveled to over 70 countries. He flies private jets. He has skydived over the Great Pyramids in Egypt. He plays hockey. He's an author. He has scuba dived the Great Barrier Reef. And he's a father of the five Lynch kids. He's my best friend, who just happens to also be my dad, the one and only Mark Lynch. And we barely tip the iceberg on his life stories. So I think we're just going to have to have him back for another round of the show. I hope you got a cup of Danger Coffee, because that's what we're drinking. And if you don't, you can use my code Riker, R-I-K-E-R, at DangerCoffee.com for a little discount. Get ready. It's glass half full. So much wasted energy on seeing glasses half empty. So let me be your fresh caffeine and I can top you off. In case you missed it, I'ma keep it, keep it, keep it optimistic. Optimistic. Dude, I'm feeling great. It was uh, it was life changing, that's for sure. So Bobby was uh, was just in Belize, and listener, we have uh, we have a uh, here's a here's a little secret. For our guest today, if you want our guest today to join you somewhere around the world, you just got to go to a country he's never been to, and he'll be like, I'm coming. Because that's what happened when I went to Belize <laughs> with my in-laws. I, oh, was, yeah, really? I was telling my dad, uh, I was like, hey, we're going to Belize. And he's like, oh, I've always wanted to go to Belize. And he's like, I'm coming with you. So, listener, our guest today, the legend it's really My cool father, country. Mark Lynch. This is uh this is gonna be a special episode. We got a lot to get into. So we're just diving in head first. And somebody that has yes. traveled a ton around the world, Dad, Mark Lynch, he's working his way to a hundred countries. How many countries have you been to? Um somewhere in the seventies, I think. Okay, um, so thirty seventy one, seventy two. Thirty maybe. something. Something like wow. Less than 30 yeah. left to go to reach 100. Seventy. He's been the to clock. seventy oh countries. Gosh. Can you believe That's that? Amazing. How many countries have you been to, Bobby? <laughs> uh, I think like maybe five or six. <laughs> those are rookie numbers. Uh, we so, gotta pump those um, numbers up. Start, yeah, I'm just starting. I'm just starting my world. Chapter. You're young. You got plenty of time. So, that's cool, Dad. We uh, so, go, so yeah, can go, we go can ahead, we ahead, ask yeah. the the question, the obvious question of maybe like a top three? Oh yeah, that's oh. good. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, it changes, but um, Africa in general is way up at the very top so i would say you know kenya and tanzania are up in the top just because of what's there the wildlife and just you know the, that whole experience um maybe australia is up there just because of uh, the great barrier reef and i had a I, I backpacked around backpacked around the world several times but i was in australia for about a month um mm-hmm. when i was probably about your age and that was a pretty cool experience so yeah so we got Australia, Africa as a continent, and how many countries have you been to in Africa? Uh, let's see, maybe five. Let's see, Kenya, Tanzania, Egypt, uh, Morocco, South Africa, and Latutsu is the little country that's inside South Africa. Oh, okay. <laughs> so whatever that is, six maybe. <laughs> right on, yeah. So we went, me and the, and the boys, we did yeah. a safari in Kenya uh, with dad couple years ago and uh there's actually a couple videos on youtube that document it that was but that was an experience that was like safari that was amazing we saw incredible incredible things safari's got to be next level that's funny because i was just talking to my dad we were all hot tubbing last night and we were out we were talking about traveling and stuff and he was he was talking about australia because i was kind of like i was talking about how when i travel it also makes me feel like 
grateful to live here. Like, I don't know. I got like a big sense of like gratitude for like where I was from right. too. Like that was a mm-hmm. kind of a cool experience. And I was telling my dad, I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I wonder, I, I, I would want to know, like if there are other places I could live. He's like, He's like, for me, it's either here or Australia. He's like, Australia's number one for me. He loved, he loved yeah. New Zealand. Yeah. New Zealand. That, put that oh, up there, yeah. too. New yeah. Zealand, I heard, is cool, too. Yeah, New yeah. Zealand's great. I could live there. Well, Dad, you have had, uh, you've had, if I do say so myself, you've had a, a, an incredible life, and I'm very grateful to be a small part of it. Um, being the firstborn, maybe I'm a little <laughs> bit of a bigger part of it. But let's, let's go back. To the to before kids because you know everybody a lot of especially of our listeners know of like uh, you know the the kids and and you're you're you are one of our big managers and, and helping coordinate everything but let's go back to the very beginning of of your life hmm. okay and what what has what has sort of shaped you so you were so where were you born. Uh, so I was born in uh, South Dakota, and I was, um, I think part of the early shaping was I was, I was as you know, I was uh, raised on a farm in just a small little town called Lemon, South Dakota. And I was raised there for, uh, till I was like seven, six, seven, and then moved to Wyoming. So I think the small town experience really formed a lot of my belief systems and, you know, what I, my values and things, what I think is mm-hmm. important. Uh, my dad was, you know incredible hard worker you know a farmer and did a lot of uh, a lot of other jobs in wyoming and blue collar uh gentleman that just you know extreme integrity and just a really good human and i think i uh, learned a lot from that that was yeah and you're the youngest foundation. of five so six? um i am the youngest of six all right we had a couple technical difficulties but we're back on um so yeah so you're you're you moved to wyoming and um, you learned a lot from your dad, hard worker, great integrity. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just learned a lot, I think, from being in a small town. I've, I'm, I, I'm a small town boy at heart still, obviously, as you know. Um, I feel like uh, there's a lot of good values that are in those small communities. And I think uh, that's probably embedded in me somewhere. So, yeah. Nice. That's now, awesome. when did, when did, because, uh, you're an avid writer. You're a pilot. You love travel. When, at what point did all of these things come into play in your childhood? Hmm. Good question. Um, so starting, I'll go chronologically. Um, you know, I believe, uh, I believe a little bit in fate and destiny. And like, I think we're, we're maybe we're cut out for something early on and it finds us somewhere in life. And I do remember wanting to fly almost when I could walk. I really had a strong oh. feeling up toward that. Um, I used to do really crazy things as a child, um, walking on things. I used to walk um, in this house in, uh, in South Dakota. I used to walk along a ledge that was over these cement steps. And this is when I'm like, I feel like I was maybe three or four years old. And I don't know why, but I it was an impossible walk, uh, because there was a wall against this little ledge. So as soon as I would take a couple steps, I would just go falling down the the cement stairs. Um, so maybe not a good learning experience there, but, but for whatever reason, I, I, I loved heights early on. So, um, that was, you know, one of the, as far as the flying question, that's sort of, you know, that part of it. When I was in junior high, I wrote, um, a couple of papers 
for a creative writing class. And uh, my junior high teacher, um, to her credit, said, um, <clears throat> she wrote, she gave me the papers back and gave me like an A plus and said, you should be a writer for a living it, at some point in your life. You should do that. So wow, that was cool. sort of encouraging, obviously. Yeah. And, and Just you the, did. Yeah. You, you wrote <clears throat> Life's Little Handbook, yes. which we have here, which I have, uh, I've given to many friends. And, I've taken um, a couple Bobby notes out of that to... book. I, yeah. I've, a lot of you people. Have it. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't have it, but when I was living with um, Capron and all them, a lot of people had it, and I remember looking through it quite a bit. But I need oh, my we'll own get, copy. We'll, we'll get I need my own a, copy. We'll get you a copy for yeah, sure. Because yeah. it's one of those that you can kind of just go back through. Like, I've read it probably five or six times. Yeah. You can go back through it and, or even just pick up, open a page, and it's just like there's always a little gem in there to remind you of uh, the, the preciousness of, of life. Yes. But also, like... There's practicality, too. You like, know, I remember the first time practicality, I started yes. thinking about sleep, the importance of sleep was, like, after reading excerpts. I remember reading about that in, in that oh, book. Oh, okay. Nice. And, like, not, I think there's a part where it's, like, you don't want too too much, you don't want too little. Like, you got to find that, like, perfect balance. <laughs> balance, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, real quick, where can, where can everybody, uh, where can the listeners get find the book? Life's Little Handbook. Yeah. Um, so, just, a, you know, background, a little bit of background on it. I really wrote the book um, for my kids. I started writing it when I think Riker was maybe around 11 or 12 years old. And I just, it was kind of all the things that I wanted the kids to learn, um, you know, or the things I should say that I wish I knew when I was like 14, 15 years old. And so I wrote it really for my kids. So it's kind of, it was sort of personal from that perspective. Um, and I never really marketed it. I never really put it out there, but then people encouraged me to do something with it because other people wanted to read it. So I, I put it on Kindle. So basically that's it. You can find it on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle or... Um, can you get it on Apple? Uh, 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 Hearts? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> I, like yeah. I said, I've never yeah, really put over. it out to promote it anywhere, and I probably should, I suppose. We're gonna do a. It's <laughs> gonna be. A, we're gonna do an audio book too. Gonna be a, a glass half full production of uh, Life's Little Handbook, the audio book. That, uh, that'd be awesome. Gonna be read by yours truly. Oh, dude, that would be <laughs> awesome. No, no. Uh, well, uh, we can have Dad do the whole thing, but that we should do that. That would be cool. Yeah, I like that idea. I, 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 I wanted to ask something too, based off of that's really yeah. cool that your teacher. I feel like that's like a really cool experience because I feel like some people have different experiences with teachers kind of like telling them, uh, like kind of molding the way they can think. So I find that really For fascinating sure. too. Yeah. You see during that time and in a small town that someone would like encourage you to pursue writing was, it's not really like the norms of the time to really like kind of go after like a creative endeavor. Would you think, or like, what was your, reflection on that yeah that's true what year was this yeah yeah for sure because um, nowadays it's it's everybody's told mm -hmm. oh you can do whatever you want you yeah. can do whoever you want to be yeah this what year was this this was probably it must have been maybe the mid 70s somewhere yeah, seems, around there seems so like that's pretty early on of, of that thinking. yeah and it was you know again in a small town you have a, a tight-knit community and i think you have you know good people there and and the teaching was you know pretty you know down to the Three R's, you know, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was pretty basic, but yeah, it was an in insightful teacher, and I think it was uh, that was good. I I think the um, just a little food for thought. I think you have to pick your teachers for your children as if their lives depended on it, because mm. they really do. I think that's something. It's amazing that we do as a society that we 
take these young, formidable minds and we give them to a complete stranger for eight hours a day and hope that they teach them the values that are important to you. Yeah. That's, um, I don't think that's a great idea. And I think you have to, you have to really be smart there. That's just my advice. Yeah. You got to do parents, do your research. I, I would, I would agree with that for sure. So writing pilot sort of inspiration there. Um, and then skydiving, you're a skydiver as well. We should mention, we just went skydiving actually yep. on Saturday, down right yeah. down by we Bobby's down, house. We were That's down right. right by Bobby's house. Yeah. Unfortunately he was in Belize, so we ah, couldn't, couldn't meet up, too but bad. <laughs> almost. <laughs> I know. So, yeah. The flying and sorry, the flying and skydiving part of it, um, came together. Um, I started, so I went to college at the university of Wyoming after, um, after high school. And I started flying. There was a flying club in, at the University of Wyoming. Oh, that's cool. And it was uh, ridiculously cheap compared to today. I think it was like $27 an hour or something to wow. rent an airplane, which is <laughs> oh, perfect. That's crazy. Amazing wow. deal. Yeah. And um, so I went, I uh, started flying um, and I started skydiving almost the, the exact same time. I think within a couple of months of each other, I was, wow. uh, I was skydiving and flying. Um, <clears throat> one of my favorites. Um, uh, serendipity stories, uh, Bobby, here's a good one for you was, uh, I was flying and I had, um, I had a scholarship, I had several little smaller scholarships to go to the university of Wyoming. And one of them was, uh, a Wyoming university, of Wyoming scholarship, um, just cause I had really good grades and it covered all my tuition, <clears throat> which was cheap then anyway. But, um, I, I, uh, about halfway through, I guess my first semester, I was running out of money because I was flying and I was trying to, you know, stay alive and do everything else. Yeah. And I, I pretty much completely ran out of money and I couldn't complete my flying to get my private pilot's license. And I got a call from uh, the main office of, uh, of the University of Wyoming, you know, registrars or whoever. And they said, hey, there's um, a scholarship that we have called a Superior Student Scholarship. And the guy... Uh, you were next in line. The guy, the guy that uh, had this scholarship, didn't show up or didn't didn't take the opportunity, and you're next. <coughs> oh, so you wow, now perfect. have the scholarship. That's a full ride scholarship to you know University oh, of Wyoming for four so years. Cool. So paid for everything. But the the punchline was they said come down to the cashier's office because we know you've already paid your room and board and we'll give you the cash for the room and board for the semester. So I go down to, and and this is again, this is like 1980. So I go down to the (laughs) cashier's office and they hand me like 1200, 1500 bucks or something in cold, hard cash. Yeah. And uh, he's like, Oh my God. And I'm like, perfect. I took, I took the money and completed my pilot's license. That's incredible. Awesome. <laughs> That's great, the only time in history setup. a college has given money to a student. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's the one. Yeah. That's yeah. A, it's the inverse of the uh, student loan. Concept. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh. yeah. yeah that was only a true legend oh. could do that. <laughs> when did the travel bug set in? Uh, good question. I think, um, I think I had the wandering spirit, um, really early, even though I hadn't gone anywhere, you know, obviously I'm in Wyoming. I, we, we took a trip to Disneyland. I remember with my, my stepmom when I'm maybe 14, 15 and, uh, took a trip to Florida once. Uh, but other than that, I hadn't been a, a lot of places. Probably what spurred that on was, um, in college, I had this crazy summer job where I sold books. 
Um, oh, yeah. Company, so I'm so glad you brought that up. We got to get into this. This is nuts. There's a company out of uh, Nashville, Tennessee. They're called the Southwestern Company. And all they do is recruit college students to sell books door to door. And their concept, which is brilliant, is, and they've been doing this for, they were like a 150-year-old company at the wow. time. They started like in the Civil War. Wow. Selling vitamins. And, but their, their concept is that they recruit college students and then they have you come to the sales school in Nashville, Tennessee, and then they ship you off somewhere else and they don't tell you where you're going. It's oh. like kind of the adventure part of it. So I went to Nashville, Tennessee, went to a week of sales school, and then they said, you're going to Wisconsin. And so you drive up to Wisconsin and you, you know, start selling books. And so in that process of uh, selling books, I did that every summer through college. And then I did it uh, another year after college. So five um, years. So that I could travel. So I did, yeah, five years. Wow. Well, no wonder you have nightmares about it <laughs> yeah, still to this yeah. day. Still have nightmares about it today. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I sold books in first in Wisconsin and then New Hampshire and then Maine and then Minnesota. And I think back in Wisconsin in that, in that time frame. Wow. So, um, you know, I was driving my, I had a, a little red 280Z and I'm driving this little red 280Z all over the United States, you know, coast to coast. And that's probably where I got the, the travel bug initially. Cause I started, I just love to go and see different things in different States and see what and the people are like. The people especially are, are unique when you're traveling, obviously. You're, yeah. All, the those people, are, people make the place. Yeah. Those are the experiences that make yeah, it all for sure. happen. So make it fun. So what what are some of the crazier uh stories from from selling books because I know like yeah. I said you still have ni- still have nightmares about that cuz you had to you had to sell the books and then you had to deliver the books, right? Yeah, for the most part what you would do is you would sort of take orders and sell books throughout the the 3 month period of time and then you would deliver them in one week at the end of the summer. Wow. And uh we were talking about this a couple of days ago where a, a lot of us almost I probably all humans have um some uh type of a dream where they're missing out. Like I think Bobby I've heard you say this where you're trying to go play the big football game and you He's can't, a fan of the podcast. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you, uh, yeah, can't you find forget your, your, cleats. You can't your cleats. Oh, that, those are the worst right. dreams ever. Oh my gosh. <laughs> same thing. So yeah, so we had the same kind of a, a recurring dream. I think a lot of bookmen had this where they would uh you know, it's the end of the summer and they have to ship you all the books so that you can deliver. That last week is when you collect all the money and you can't get a hold of anybody in the office uh. and there's no books to deliver. And you got to go back to school. And so anyway, that was where that nightmare came from. And <laughs> I probably had that dream last week. <laughs> it just like, Unfortunately. That, that's uh that talk about a movie title, The Bookman. <laughs> I don't know. You know I don't what? know why I like that. I, oh yeah. We've always said, I mean, there's some great there's some great movies about like used car salesmen yeah. and, and um real estate salesmen there uh uh can't Glenn, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. It's an amazing movie if you haven't seen that. I can't remember the premise of it, but um, something like that. Like, but a bookman movie would be incredible. Yeah, that, that because thousands and thousands of college students have done this over the last hundred years, and the experiences are. I, I I'd have to sit and think about to to dig up the the best ones, but you know, just amazing things that happen. Just you come up to some house and it, you know. It seems like there's a dead animal in the porch, and yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I mean, somebody comes to the door, and they're all nice and for a minute, and then they realize what you're doing, and they're like, "Go get the gun, Sonny." <laughs> <You know? laughs> and sweetie, get the sword. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 
Yeah, yeah, this guy. Yeah. And, and then there's incredible moments, really. I mean, and I like to think of the positive moments, but there's incredible yeah. moments where you meet some just amazing humans. And in fact, my uh, a little side story on that note is one of my my kind of, I don't know, maybe my spiritual keys uh, that, that happened about that time was, or a unique experience that made me think different about spirituality and, and even everything, astrology was I had a guy, I knocked on a guy's door, and he was, uh, uh, he didn't have any kids, so I couldn't sell him any books, but he invites me in, gives me a drink, you know, sits down, chats for a minute, and he was a, a former Baptist minister, but he had begun studying astrology really in depth. And I was always skeptical about all that, never understood it. Um, and he... Uh, said, when were you born and what time of day? And I knew all of those details and where. And he, I don't know if he, I can't remember if he looked at a book, he must have dug up something, but he proceeded to describe me in, with incredible detail, my personality, wow. all the things I like, everything about flying. He picked up on that immediately. And this is a guy I just met five minutes ago. Yeah. That's so cool. That's so that was, you know, those kind of experiences were, were really cool. Would yeah. you say the, really the cool. cool experiences like that outweigh like were there more of those or were there more crazy experiences where you know like the dead animal or somebody nah, pulls a shotgun yeah on no them? those were those were the the primary ones okay. the, the cool experiences again and i was i had the benefit of a car some people sold books just on bicycles wow so i had the benefit of a, of a car so i would normally work the countryside so i sold to a lot of farmers a lot of um. people you know again small communities i, I would only sell in a town um, that was like maybe five, six hundred people or a thousand people. I would never go like I wasn't working in Milwaukee. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah where the, some people were. Yeah. Because those are harder doors. Yeah. And there and there's, you know, again success lot, rates lower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In in like uh, the doors are interesting how that, that concept of, you know, uh easy doors, hard doors, you know. The north is hard doors, northeast is hard doors, but good money. Oh. The south is easy doors, no money. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. the guys because they're, like, the, they're like, come on right, in, yeah, right. let's, have, let's have some lemonade. Yeah. No, we don't want to buy anything. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. I had a girlfriend that was sold in the South and she was like, every door, they're like, you know, they see you walking up the porch, they're like, come on in, they don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> and then, but then getting cash out of them, that was the hard part. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, do, do, do people still do this today? You know, bookstore I door? think they still do. That's I'm got, not, it's got to be, a it's, thousand times harder. It's got to be. Can you yeah, imagine doing this, Bobby? Less, like, yeah. Yeah. I was just dropping off food to my uncle's house that we were going to go over and watch the Avs game. And I'm like, I didn't just text him. I could have just said, hey, I'm here dropping off food. But instead, I'm just like, oh, he'll just see me. I'm like knocking on the door. And he's just kind of peeking over. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. You know? <laughs> he's like, oh, my God, you scared me. Like, you know, Dude, it's, I it's was, just a I'm, different time I'm when you ring better. the doorbell. I'm getting better at that now, too. But for a while, I don't know if it's a generational thing. But, like, I, I was in that camp of, like, I'm outside. I'm like, hey, I'm here. Like, I'm like, why don't I just go up oh, and yeah, knock no, on the sure. door? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, like, so different now. Because nobody, yeah, yeah nobody does that anymore. Yeah, like, like, you, so if the doorbell rings, you're like, who's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. who's here? Yeah. Our, hey, you're like a dog. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when's the, uh, when's the built-in uh, bathroom break? <laughs> <laughs> go, go for it. This, right here. It's a good time. Yeah, this, that's amazing. We're, we're, not cut, ad we're not cutting that, by the yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This podcast is brought to you by and now back to the show. We're back. <laughs> Coconut water. Stay hydrated. Coke. That's the theme right here. Yeah, stay hydrated. Bathroom kids. breaks. Um, and hydration. 
Yeah, we had we had to take a quick bathroom break because uh, Dad made us some danger coffee this morning. Oh, is that what Cheers. you guys are drinking right now? Here we go. Yeah, we go we go with the danger coffee. We blend the butter and the MC2E oil, um, especially because we're gonna go play hockey. So we like to we like to get that fuel going. But I will say, my dad makes a great cup of coffee, and you didn't start drinking coffee really, like like we do today, where it's like almost every day until yeah, I I was in until uh, I kind of did right. I, I was like in my. 30s or 40s before i ever really drank coffee i never liked it as as a kid i guess yeah, yeah i never i never drank it growing up i mean with the occasional starbucks but that was like a treat it yeah. never really was like a morning thing to me yeah. um but then obviously getting into bulletproof and dave asprey shout out <laughs> uh now he's got danger coffee yeah you guys are both really kind of in sync too with like your wellness your mindfulness and like this is my this is my prize padawan right, right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he he yeah he's my pa- my padawan learner. I've I've uh, we've we've come a long way with uh, learn. You know I feel like that's sort of like the cycle of of parenting. And maybe you can comment on that. You raise these children and you teach them all these things, and then it comes to a point where it it switches a little bit, and you start learning more things from your children. Oh yeah, for sure. And and uh, and obviously I'm very fortunate um i've always had uh, kind of a goal as a parent i have always said that my goal was to raise great humans and you know that's well you know, one you know you got oh, one out fi- of five for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no way five for no, five hundred percent he's I, like he's like gretzky very, bro he's he's just hitting <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, I'm excited about that i i feel like we we did really well there and you know we're uh, very fortunate with some great humans, you know, mm-hmm. to be share our lives with, and it's especially with Riker. It's been really fun because I do a lot of things with Riker, do a lot of skydiving with Riker. Yeah, and it's been really, um, yeah, it's been really one of my uh, treats of my life is to, you know, raise these kids and then start to learn things from them. And you know, we call Riker Doctor Riker, obviously. That's we, right. <laughs> we he does a lot of great things for uh, all of us. So. So that's that's a cool treat. They just that's they cool. you know they say when you learn something, if you teach somebody else, you learn it even more. So I yeah. always try to like spread my my latest health knowledge yeah. uh, to the family and and close friends. Yeah. So and I mean you guys um, are both but, in good shape. Well, that's uh, see, Mark. Uh, we, I see you filling out that. People. I see you filling out that. Like you got to be a problem on that hockey. You know oh, what? He's great. I, he, but I, the jeans, like we all got the Mark Lynch athleticism, and that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, is that is that something that? You know, it's obviously genetic, but throughout your life too, have you kind of kept a good mindset on like staying active? Oh yeah, yeah. I've always kept a great mindset on it. Um, a little inside story on on that is that I was a shrimp when I was a kid, so I was I matured really, really late. So I unfortunately I um, I ended up <laughs> that's where I got my work habits, I guess too. I ended up working all the way through high school in a grocery store. So I worked like 40 hours a week, like a regular full-time job while I went to high school. And so I really didn't do any sports then because I was, I was a little guy. I just didn't mature. And then, um, I graduate and, you know, I come back like a year later and I'm like, I've grown like three inches and ever, nobody could believe it. You know, (laughs) um, are you Mark's brother? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I feel like I, I had a lot of athletic potential and I've always been really good at most things that I do athletically, but, um, I didn't get to really explore that in high school. So now I'm, so since then I've been very, I think I've been very athletic at that. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. great hockey player. He was my coach growing up, uh, almost my whole That's time, cool. you know, playing hockey and yeah, now we play hockey together. We skydive together. Uh, he, I got him 
got them got got an ice barrel out here. They got the sauna. Uh, you know, it's all it's always yeah. each each day we're 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 and each year we're we're adding like little things. We got a vibe. Uh, you know, it's like the the vibration plate that you stand on. We have one of we oh, have one of those. Oh, like, like at the zoo, they have those. At the zoo, <laughs> I, I use those as like what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I've I've seen those before. Like I heard I've heard about it recently, but I remember I'd only seen them at like the zoo when your legs are tired and they got like a gorilla one, a lion one, and you stand on it. You're like, oh, that's uh, that's funny. I didn't know those were at the zoo, but I know astronauts use them a <laughs> the lot. The zoo, the zoo's looking out for the wellness. <laughs> the zoo, they know they they understand biology. Okay, that's, no, that's I, so but funny. is that. There's there's good science behind that, right? Because it's uh yeah, it's basically basically everything's moving in like micro movements, but like everything. So like the idea is like it's one thing's happening is like shaking off toxins is one thing, and also yeah. like if you're doing like push-ups or squats on the machine, you're activating every little tiny muscle fiber even more wow, so than I mean, just doing regular it's, stuff. Yeah. Cause if it's moving, it's like if it was regularly moving. Yeah. I remember seeing them a lot at theme parks cause you're walking around a lot. I'm gotcha. Sure, like, yeah. Yeah. Like loosens things up. Out. And then when I saw them getting popular again, I was like, is that the thing? <laughs> God, that's so funny. <laughs> that's cool. That makes me laugh. So, okay. A vibe plate. Uh, we, we, we need to get a sauna here. I've been, we've been looking, we're trying to find the right one. I'll, I'll but, send you a couple, uh, uh, a couple companies that I really, really yeah, like. Yeah. Send me some recommendations. Yeah. Um, dad, let's jump back into like the traveling stuff. Um, obviously you were, you were selling books and, and doing all that. What, what was the first what was the first other country you went to? Oh, good question. Okay, so um, yeah, so yeah. this I got the travel bug, like I said, a little bit probably from from selling books, um, and then I think during those summers, or well, it's uh, no, no, after the summers, um, we would do some travel trips as uh, bookman trips to Mexico. So we went back in those days to Mazatlan was a big spot, and I think went there a couple times, maybe Puerto Vallarta, and then um, after college, the real big trip was. Um, you know, the plan was for, for if you're a successful bookman and the, and the, <laughs> the fill rate's very high, <laughs> uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of people come and they last for about three or four days and they're gone. Oh and, yeah. I, I, I oh, bet yeah. that's yeah. so, uh, yeah, so common. It's probably a you know, 60, 70% fail rate, I suppose, uh, where wow. people just go home. They're just like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but if you're, if you make it, if you're good at it, it, it's encouraging because you're making good money. Um, you're working like a slave, you know, 84 hours a week. You know, that was the sort uh -huh. of the goal, which sounds insane. But um, then you would make good money. And, and so in, in the whole thing that they were really good at, this uh, Southwestern company was encouraging people to save all of their money. So we would try to be really, really frugal all summer. And then at the end of the summer, you get this big fat check. So the idea was you finish college. And then it was literally frowned upon to go get a job. It was, <laughs> it was almost like a joke. Wow. You, you, you're, you're too good. You can't get a real job. Right. Come back and sell books again after you finish college. <clears throat> and then take that check. You know, my check was maybe 20 grand, you know, back then after I, I sold books. After one summer or, yeah, the, or total? After the summer. After the after, final summer. Like that wow. final summer. Which, wow, that's you know, actually. You know, yeah. today's dollars, that's probably like making like 80 grand yeah. you know, for the summer. For yeah. one summer, wow. that's impressive. So, that's so then you have all that money and then you would, we would be like, we're going, we're going to hit the, hit the world. Yeah. So then the first thing that I did, that, that first big trip that I did was all over Europe. Okay. So I backpacked around Europe for two or three months um, wow. after that summer. 
And then, you know, drained all those funds and then, you know, drained the rest of the funds skydiving. And then I <laughs> end up back uh, actually at the University of Colorado in Boulder for my final uh, uh, recruiting summer. So then I would recruit other students to go mm. to take out like a team that I would take out to sell books. So, <laughs> so I recruit these students from uh, Boulder, UC Boulder, and we go out for our last summer to, rec- uh, to sell. And then, so I would get paid for a you know, percent of their business also. <clears throat> and then that, uh, that fall then, that was my last summer, that fall then I backpacked around all over the South Pacific. So for about four months, I backpacked around Australia, New Zealand, uh, Hawaii, Fiji, uh, remote islands. Oh, I didn't know you'd been, I didn't know you'd been to Fiji too. Yeah. Yeah. Tahiti. And so that was cool because then we could spend, I spent like a whole month in New Zealand, whole month in Australia. That's cool. And, uh, so that was, uh, the rest of that trip. And then your (laughs) first, uh, African safari was like 97. It was 97. Yeah. Cause I remember, uh, distinctly because, uh, Stormy was pregnant with Ryland. Yep. And not very happy that I was gone for three weeks without <laughs> without communicating because you know. Oh yeah, this is before cell phones. No cell phones and all that oh, stuff. So shoot. almost he's no way to right. talk. Yeah, to he's anyone. just in Africa yeah. on safari. <laughs> um, now, now were you skydiving uh, in any of these like in the other countries at all? Because that's something cool. My brother um, talks about is when he goes somewhere new, he kind of like oh, he always yeah. brings his rig because he's like, I want to skydive in like these different places. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that is great. But uh, back then, no. Um, I, uh, I dragged my other... parachute around a little bit in the United States. I um, I made it like a jump in Wisconsin. I went when I was selling books, but no, uh, I did not backpack with a rig. I was just literally just backpacking for most of those trips. But then I've made a few jumps in some other places. Um, uh, Egypt was kind of the primary ones. Uh, I know. I'm ago. I'm already thinking about oh, my intro that's gotta here. Be the this coolest is going to be place. so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he yeah. skydived over the pyramids. Oh, over, that's like, the. the... You can't yeah. get any cooler than that. I don't think. Epic shots of that. You were the That's on the cover sick. of the of Parachutist, which is the big skydiving magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, get that over the pyramid. Yeah. Well, that one actually, the the that picture was in Skydiving Magazine, but the the actual cover was uh, we did a world record skydiving um, attempt last year, for uh, it was this co- a group called Skydivers over sixty, and we were doing a hundred way formation. Where everybody wow. in the formation was over sixty, and that, now everybody watching the video so right now cool. is going, "There's no way that guy's over 60. Yeah, I, I was and, surprised myself. <laughs> and that one was on the cover. So, and then we That's we, we so didn't sick. We, <clears throat> we missed that record uh, last year, um, 2022. But, uh, 2022, but we did complete it in 2023. Nice. So, yeah, uh, record so holder that's too. Cool, pretty cool. Yeah. How has the technology changed in skydiving since when you were first starting back has has the culture or the technology of it all changed and, and, and developed you know good question that's a really good question because that it's very yeah very yeah, good tell, question because most us, people don't understand that at all yeah talk yeah, to us about like yeah. your first couple jumps with the round parachute and- yeah so yeah when i first started skydiving i made five uh, uh just round army parachute jumps called static lines where you jump out and the uh, the uh, a static line is attached to the aircraft and basically opens the canopy for you. So you don't have to open the parachute oh, yourself. The, wow. the plane is right. sort of it's opening it. Just think World War wow. II, um, you know, airborne movies, just like that. You jump out and the parachute comes out. So I made five of those jumps back in the 80s, and that was really almost the only way that anybody was skydiving back then. Just, you know, you do those, 
And then you would get a different parachute and you would start to do shorter delays, like a five second delay or first like a hop and pop. You would jump out of the plane, then you would pull your own ripcord. Then you would do a five second delay and you would pull your ripcord, mm-hmm. a 10 second delay and so on. And so that has uh, completely changed now where people do mostly an accelerated free fall where they have their own parachute. It's a square parachute or a, a ram air parachute. They jump out with two instructors for their very first jump which is one of the things Riker did after doing like a tandem. So yeah, the, the sports radically changed uh, wow. in, in mo- multiple ways. But one of the other primary ones was back then, all people did was jump out of the plane and fall belly to earth and then start to build formations. Mostly that was all people did. And then over the last <laughs> you know, 40 years, it's completely evolved where now there's a lot of people that are doing wingsuits, people that yeah. are doing head down skydiving, head, uh, head up skydiving, yeah. uh, all kinds of different types of hybrid things. Yeah. Uh, so that was really, in, really fun to watch that evolve because um, for, there were several times where I, was, I would take several years off and I wouldn't be skydiving. I'd come back and I'd be like, what are these guys doing standing on their head? yeah my brother's got one of those wingsuits he's flying around up there with all those wingsuit guys it's cool yeah yeah it's very cool yeah so the sports really evolved and it's gotten a lot safer too back back then you know there were uh, quite a few you know people that got you know fatalities back in the early days with not very many skydivers now there's hundreds of thousands of jumps and 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 very few people really getting uh, hurt compared to the old days so that's wow. been great. There's no, there was no AADs, automatic activation devices. Yeah, you yeah. Started, Back right? in the day, there was, uh, yeah. Uh, um, when I started, uh, I'm trying to think when those came about. I, I was probably jumping for 10 years before I had an, an AAD, <clears throat> which is, yeah, an automatic activation device. If you don't pull your parachute and you're going through a, a thousand feet, it will uh, basically uh, fire your uh, reserve parachute for you. So yeah. the idea there is like if you get unconscious somehow. Yeah. And you're unable to. See, everyone, the, the skydivers these days are so soft. Like, yeah. <laughs> with your AADs, with you guys. AADs, yeah, your safety nets. <laughs> that, that is funny. Yeah, no, they they've come a long ways. That's so cool. There's got to be there's there's got to be a documentary about the if there's not we we got to make one. About like about the evolution, the evolution of, of, of the skydiving, there's yeah, probably yeah, there, for sure there's one. a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's out there, but one that's specifically about the evolution that'd is is that'd be cool. Yeah, I like that, that would idea. Be really cool. Yeah, we gotta Bobby, look into we, that. We got we two look projects we can we can get started. I know, on dude. I've been really into documentaries <laughs> lately. I, I I've been. We started for, on like your slide. recommendation. You we, we started it. We haven't finished it, but that's since I've been out in California, we started it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we Yeah, Dad and I started it, and it was it's off to an amazing start. What a story! Did you have any um influ- uh, Did you influence Riker at all with film in any sense? Were you a big film guy? Were you playing movies growing up? Or that's a good that question. Sort of- you know, I think I influenced um all the kids more uh, musically. Yeah, and, and not because I play music, anything because yeah, I don't. Sure. I don't play, but I but I love music. So I was playing music all the yeah. time around all the kids, and I think that they all got a sense of music. You know, uh, at least interest from that. But as far as film, we we always watch movies and love movies, but I never did really yeah. you know, film anything or you know try to create anything there. So, yeah, we got a surprise That's guest cool. here. Hey, yeah, <laughs> let's go. What's up, players? We got two surprise guests right here. What's oh, up? Yeah. Hey, oh yeah, there's, there's Valley back there. He's saying, he's saying 
What about like the, your? I want to go back to the first Africa trip. You got any crazy stories from that first one? Um, oh, wow. Just uh, the only thing I I can think of just off the top of my head is the experience of being in the wild and seeing you know an elephant or a lion or a cheetah just walk by free in front of you with no cage and no boundaries. That that part was one of the uh, just the highlights of that. I mean, and, and it obviously it happened every single day. Yeah. But that that was really the the uh, the big takeaway from that trip was that experience of seeing just really pure, you know, nature and evolution at its finest. That was pretty cool. <laughs> that's insane. That's a- yeah, that's that's one trip <laughs> that great- like you uh, you got to everybody should experience. It's it's such an experience. It's like you can't really capture it in words of just what it is to just be in the jeep with no doors and the lion is three feet from you and just like hey what up you know yeah that's that's it's just a wild you know pun intended it's just wild it's just insane (laughs) and it's such a crazy crazy it's uh it's like you're on another planet it's so um so i always like highly recommend as soon as anyone gets the chance to to try out a safari yeah it's very Africa. it's very uh it was very visceral you know it was very much took you back to sort of like in a mindset of like what the original you know uh humans were experiencing back yeah you know, millions yeah. of well th- we hundreds started, of thousands yeah. of years ago and and just thinking about that um it, it puts you into a different headspace um than what you know the commercial world that we live in now and that that was probably the the greatest impact and i yeah same thing i highly recommend that to anybody that has the ability to get over there and get away from uh you know technology so let's talk about uh let's talk about your current job other than managing our uh business and uh making sure that the bills are all paid and everything okay but you're a private jet pilot that, You're the captain of a of a Lear jet. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What? How did? When did this? Because this kind of came. Uh, you're you're like one of my favorite stories to tell about. You can change your career and do something different at any point in your life. Because you were sixty That's or so fifty nine cool. when you started um, this. Let's see. I've been there for about four years, so it's about fifty seven, fifty eight. So fifty seven, fifty eight, and he's like, I'm gonna go fly private jets. And so the way, yeah, the way that came about was, you know, you have to have quite a few hours to be able to be a captain on a jet, obviously. But, um, I had, um, an instrument rating and I had, you know, a thousand hours of flying time, um, because I started flying when I was, you know, 18. So I had a lot of experience. I've owned five airplanes, um, with myself or just with partners. So I, I had a lot of experience flying, but really I didn't have any professional, you know, commercial type flying experience. So the way it came about was um, I just started thinking it's yeah time to do something different, a change of pace. I've always loved flying. And so I bought a twin engine airplane, an old 1958 um, airplane, Beechcraft air, aircraft uh, called a travel air. And uh, I needed to get a multi-engine rating. So a multi-engine rating, an airplane with, you know, two or more engines. So I bought that airplane in uh uh, Arkansas flew it back here and just started <laughs> putting time on it and uh, got the multi-engine rating. And then I started uh, shopping around just thinking I might find some kind of a job flying something just small and insignificant. 
But I happened to run across a, a company at uh, Van Nuys Airport that was looking for uh, uh, somebody to be the co-pilot in a Learjet. And um, I somehow talked them into <laughs> taking me on there. And, you know, then I went to, you know, you go to a, a four-week training, basically, of um, a school to learn how to do everything. And then they, uh, you know, turn you loose. So. That was uh, where I started about yeah, it was four and a half years ago or so. Yeah, and shout out Dreamline. They uh, yeah. they let us uh, steal their pilot and and uh, and uh, use the jet uh, on a on short trips every once in a while. So that's a that's so great cool. great company, and uh, we're very very grateful for their support um, with the band and and the touring and whatnot. Um, and obviously they that's got awesome. they got the best pilot. Mm-hmm. yeah it's been fun and and, and what's what the and, yeah and what's the client is it a lot of high rollers you get to fly around or is it what oh kind good of people question yeah, yeah that is a good question you know set? i've flown quite a few um musicians that you know everyone would know i probably should little, discuss, little but, oh okay um, i was gonna i was just gonna throw <laughs> it out there i mean <laughs> little spoiler the, little spoiler podcast the uh, driver you know, era retires. you know yeah. was was one of them yeah, but i've patreon only yeah fl- yeah driver fl- flown a few uh uh, musicians, uh, quite a few people like in the real estate business. Um, there's quite a few people that are in the money business. Um, just, you know, managing money, hedge fund owners, those yeah. types. Um, and a few actors, um, um, that are, um, you know, obviously all over LA. So there's, so. Uh, there's some A-list, that's awesome. some yeah. A-list people for yeah. sure. That's cool. Yeah. So that's yeah. Awesome. So you're, yeah, you're, fl- you're flying, you're still constantly managing so uh, really the, your children. The, yeah. Go ahead, Bobby. The summation of all this is you're in the CIA. You're in the CIA. That's right. He is uh, Ethan yeah. Hunt. Yeah. yeah. He is the book man. <laughs> the book man. <laughs> I like that. No, that's a that, twist. That, should, that, that, you know, it, yeah. That should be my uh, Gmail address. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, there's a movie. Sure. There's a movie we definitely could make. I can give you, I could round up some, uh, some bookmen that could tell. Yeah, we'll do some research. Could create some stories That's that would saying. raise the hair on the back of your neck. I think this sounds yeah. fun, Bobby. Yeah. I think it's a really we, cool. It's like the, um, yeah. It might not be a bad idea to put some sort of, uh, some sort of action or thriller spin in it because uh, a straight up drama, or I guess this is kind of a comedy. You could definitely do a comedy. Yeah, <laughs> that's you. De- a straight, oh, dra- sure. a straight drama like a, is hard to yeah. sell. Uh, yeah, but like, yeah, like a Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you Some, seen that movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh, that sort of esque, but comedy wise, yeah. You there's. It'll be every genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of everything for sure. We'll do yeah. that and skydiving documentary. We'll, we'll two Oscars in one. <laughs> there you go. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, that's fun. We gotta. We'll, we'll, we won't keep you too long, Dad. I know we gotta get to head to the ice. We're playing hockey today. I don't know if I yeah. mentioned that. Um, Highlight yeah. of my week. Yeah, he gets to play. We're gonna have to do multiple with... episodes of this because yeah, there's we might a lot need more part to two. But, yeah, Dad gets to play. Uh, he gets to play hockey with his four sons. Uh, we played That's twice so last cool. week. This is a rare occasion because I'm in town. Everyone's in town. We're not. We're not on tour. He's not flying. So we've played. This will be our third time playing with all five of us, four sons That's and dad. So cool. The coolest experience of any adult male <laughs> playing sports with uh, high level sports with your your four boys. 
It's amazing. Yeah. So fortunate. Uh, that's that's got to just be unbelievable. It is fun, uh, and uh, I have the the best time. My mom always jokes about dad and I when I'm in town that we're like college roommates because we we do the ice bath together, we do the sauna together, we go play <laughs> hockey together, we go skydive together. We basically do everything together and we're up making coffee early awesome. and stuff I, I, he's making coffee now I, he's got it down to such a, a good consistency that i don't i don't interrupt it but at least i was able to <laughs> to bring some danger coffee beans um what about at your life now you are 62 i know that because i'm 32 easy math easy math yep. exactly uh <laughs> What are just some of your, I mean, like we, we, we've touched like the tip, we've really only touched the tip of the iceberg on just on the incredible life that you have lived. Um, what are just some of your, your top favorite moments? Wow. That's, um, I know that's a, that's a tough question. Yeah, you know, there's I, a I, lot to unpack there, but maybe just something that comes to mind. I wrote out something. I wish I had that on, in front of me, but maybe I'll dig that up and uh, put it, put it in your show notes. Like, yeah, but I wrote out something and like, uh, every so often you go through life and you, you, you're like down about something or you're upset about something. And then it helps to kind of reflect back on like, what are all the things you're really grateful for? And I wrote out a list once of these are why life is incredible. And I've had incredible experiences. I've been really, really fortunate from skydiving to flying and traveling all over the world. And especially, I mean, I, it, that brings up really the probably one of the best highlights is I've traveled all over the world with all of my entire family. Yeah. So when we were yeah. traveling with the band uh, R5, you know, we, we, as a family, we traveled through 30 plus countries, you know, all together. So, I mean, that was probably one of the biggest highlights. Um, a lot of the skydiving trips of, you know, and just skydiving events and things have been big highlights. Um, overall though, uh, the, the obvious answer is raising, you know, five incredible children and, uh, watching their lives grow and develop. And so, you know, that's, that's a pretty easy answer, but yeah, that's a, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that I've been fortunate to enough to to do and see and experience and uh so i've been uh very spoiled the uh one of the the things that is a common theme with friends um is like that you know people ask how's your dad you know what's he up to and they're always like he's so cool (laughs) he's just so cool like your dad is so cool yeah and uh so yeah it's it's it you just have uh such a such a, a unique collection of of these uh, amazing adventures. And uh, like I said at the beginning, it's, I'm, I'm just grateful to be a small part of it. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been a fun ride. Long, long, long journey. Life is short. Make it count. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say, what, what would your, what would you say? Uh, <clears throat> just little bits of, uh, of, of advice to our, uh, our listeners out there. You've, you've, you've lived quite a full life. What, uh, what's, what would you, what would you, advice would you like to pass on um here's you know my my as as you get older you start to become uh maybe a little more introspective and think about what's important and my latest thoughts which i've you've heard me say before is um uh, somebody said uh, something the other day where they said you don't really have to have an opinion on everything 
<laughs> that's good. You yeah. you that's really don't really have good. to. And I think the great goal, uh, as I get older and the more I think about it, is to become just a a, a great observer of life. I've always sort of been fascinated by human potential and humans in general, and what we do and how we think and things we do. But but maybe the big goal is to be become a non-judgmental observer. And I think that really covers a huge amount of ground where you can just observe everything, but not really judge it. Because that's all we do nowadays, especially with social media, is we judge everything. Yeah, everyone's got an opinion. Everybody's judging everybody. Yeah, and I think if you can go through life and observe it all and just, you know, just see and watch and see what's out there and not let it affect you, that's maybe a winning combo. So. I'm trying. Wow. It's the goal. I think you're doing great, Dad. Awesome. Um, well, yeah. This well, has my been opinion awesome. is that you are a badass. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. It's very nice. Yeah. We literally we, we literally could do an episode on each of your little yeah, sections of, of adventures. Like I feel like we barely touched the iceberg on some of the travel stories and like you were scuba diving in the Great Barrier Reef. I think we just barely mentioned that. Yeah. I yeah. can't wait to do this intro. It's going to be so fun. I can probably, listing uh, all these things. I can dig up some, yeah, some good ones. I'll give you my, my uh, <clears throat> things I'm grateful for sheet, which is pretty cool. I, yeah, the scuba diving Pull stuff. Pull that up and highlight. then maybe we'll, we'll have you record it and we'll put it at the end of the episode. That'd be fun. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I was scuba yeah. diving with uh, manta rays about two, two or three weeks ago in Hawaii. That's add that on the list. There you go. Oh my God. And your, yeah. your next, your next amazing. big trip is uh, skydiving in Panama. Going to Panama next month for uh, skydiving on the island wow. off the uh, coast of Panama. Yep. So there you go. Let's go. Well, right, uh, well, part two coming soon. Yeah. Part two. We might have to, we just might have to do it. Um, dad, thank you so much for, Joining us yeah, here on Glass yeah. Half Full, you bet. the legend. Uh, this is a, a rare occasion that we were all uh, the schedules all lined up, so we we had to we had to make it happen. Um, so and thanks again for the coffee this morning. Very <laughs> You're <good>. welcome. And uh, <laughs> Bobby's yeah, been great chatting with you. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. All right, I, good stuff. I, I had fun. Thanks, guys. Thank you, awesome, Dad. Guys. Love you. And Thank everybody you. at home, thanks for listening. Thank this has been Glass Half watching. Full with Riker and Bobby. We'll see you next time. See you in the sky.